Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. everybody i'm kim holderness and i'm pen holderness and this is the holderness family podcast thank you so much for joining us today thank you for being part of this world this is the podcast where we are able to kind of uh let our guard down and talk about what's going on in our lives sometimes it leads to some vulnerable moments and um we are so kim and i just got in a fight (laughs) i'm still crying Kim is still crying. I was sad before. We got through it, and I think we're through it. We're through it. I think we're in a better place. But I'd like to. (laughs) I would like to start this podcast by letting the entire world know how grateful I am to have the wife that I have. I just went on this awesome guys trip to Switzerland, and it was unbelievable. And I just realized during this fight that I didn't ever officially thank Kim for letting me go on a five-day boys' trip to Switzerland. And I want you to imagine as a wife, if your husband went on a trip and was very polite to you and got home and you know got right back to work, but forgot to actually stop for a second, look the person straight in the eye and say, thank you so much for everything that you did while I was gone. I know how hard that must be. I thanked her. Has it ever happened to you guys? I thanked her in my brain several times, but I don't think it ever came out of my mouth. That is what led to this discussion, very emotional discussion, where um, I think that's the reason why my wife is still crying. But I am now letting everyone who's listening know, (laughs) including my wife, that, oh my gosh, what a great gift to give someone where they can go and do these things. And I was happy for it. Like, I want you to have that time. I know you were, but you should have gotten thanked. but, (laughs) But I swear to God, this is... So, so here's the thing. The ADHD brain like just leaves stuff open and they, they they think they did it, but they didn't. But this is unacceptable. Like I should I should set an alarm next time I go somewhere to thank her for letting me do this because I mean it it really it's all it takes. If if you have a good wife and a good relationship, like thank you can go a long way and I dropped the ball on that one. So that's on me. Uh, of course, as any other uh, fight is, it just led to about 15 other things. I think we're in a better place now. Are you okay to, to jump in here, babe? Or do you want me to? <laughs> no, we're good. I mean, we have a whole marriage book, you guys. But we said very openly, like, we're passengers on this flight. Yeah. And uh, marriage is hard, man. Like, I'm over it. We're over it. We're good. It took a long time for... um 
Penn's ADHD brain because he is so such a grateful soul and a happy soul in in his heart. He and it sounds like one of the it sounds so strange that like oh I was waiting to be thanked like but we're in a stage and our life quite honestly single parents you're amazing and single parents have their life set up in a way that they can single parent but our life is not set up like that because we're not we're and, and you happily do 50% or more of driving, sports, carpool. So when one of us is gone, we don't have the support system in place, but it's fine. And like, you should do it. We want to, and we're not going to rehash. Anyway, it did bring up a lot of other things. <laughs> and there was some unpacking. We, there was some unpack. We unpacked. Yeah. We unpacked. But it was good unpacking. It went from the you always or you never to the I feel. We got to the I feel part. And if you read our book, you know that that's important, right? So we got to the I feel and I think we see each other a little bit better. What it comes down to is uh, I, I think that when you are married to someone who you work with the, and then you see that person go out and have fun and this happens to me too, babe, not just to you, you like there's this little voice in the back of your head, like, Oh, so that's what fun is for them. What about me? And I, but I want yeah. you to, I, I want you to know that I've, I felt that way before too. I've been like, oh, you're having an awesome time over there, over here. It's all you're, work. You're, it's carpool, and it's uh, look, it's carpool's work, sports is work, work is work. We do all of those things together, and I, I we realize like, oh God, we have been. Um, I think there's a deficit in our relationship again, and this happens over and over again, where we need to make more time to enjoy each other's company outside of everything else. And I mean, a lot of the conversation we have, I mean, it's just us and it's just for us and just for our marriage. But I think the thing that like could be applicable to other marriages right now, because I do think a lot of people are still working from home, even though they have different jobs, they're still in the same house together. I think we have come to a point where we work together side by side all day long and then we parent together all evening. So when we need to relax and wind, it needs to be out of this house. And quite often it has become, it is out of this house with other people. Like you have an amazing group of guy friends. I have some good girlfriends. So we have found our way to like relax and unwind that has nothing to do with each other, which is great. And I strongly believe that every couple needs that. But I think we have both come just the last half hour realized like we haven't gone on a date night in I'm embarrassed. I don't remember the last time. It's been a minute. I I, I think it's been too long. Also, we are guilty of our kids are so important to us and their, their activities and sports. And like we prayed during the pandemic, both of them really struggled socially and lost the craving to be out with their friends. And like we, it got really awkward. Like we couldn't even, we, we'd say, okay, it's safe to be outside. You want to have people over in the backyard. You want to go like meet up with the friends outside. And like neither of them really wanted to. They were so just, I don't say happy to be home, but they'd become so introverted. So now that they do have active social lives, like we've not said no. Like Lola had something social every day last weekend when you were gone. And we did not, I never said no. I was like, yes, this is what I prayed for. This is what I wanted. And at a certain point in time, our weekends can't be ruled by our kids' schedule. 
Like they, we need to say, yeah, yeah. I know you want to go to that football game. You can go to the football game, but you got to get a ride home because your dad and I are going out to dinner. We're gonna get out of this vortex when Lola gets her license, and I, I know that's a whole new set of problems. Yeah, that's gonna help a little bit. We suck at engaging carpool for selfish reasons in some ways as well well i love and i've written, that's the selfish yeah reasons so I'm talking this about. is this is what it is is i do believe the time i have in the car where literally my kids are strapped in and they cannot escape me is that is when we talk you know the radio is on for a minute and then we hear a song that cues a conversation or we turn it down yeah and we talk and so to give that away all the time or to have and the dynamics change when you have other kids in the car by the way totally we totally take advantage of carpool getting rides home on occasion but mostly we it, it sounds crazy to say it but we value that time in the car or i do i do so in that way our life is not set up to have a, like a wide support system of sh car share like ride sharing and stuff like that anyway do you know um, what I just realized? What? Because um, I'm sitting here like going through my mind because we do have kind of a unique situation where we work and live together. We talk about it all the time and it, it leads to this deficit. There are, the, there are these things that everybody else does in every other marriage that I bet you we take for granted. Here's an example of one of them. Someone comes home from work and the loving wife, and it sounds like a leave it to beaver episode, says something like, how was your day? Yeah. And it gives you a chance to kind of explain in a nutshell, like what the highs and lows were and help learn something more about your wife. We've never asked each other how your day was because we freaking know yeah. it's like already there. So, but, but also how is your day? I think is, is, a, is an invitation for you to share your feelings about anything yeah. and help connect. And it's a, it's even though you know how it is, you could probably learn a lot from that person, even if you know exactly what happened by asking that question. Should we start asking each other how our day was? Because we don't maybe, do it. Maybe there's a better question. Like, I, I like to ask people, like, what's good? Like, tell me something, what's good? Like, our, for our kids, and our, I, I rarely ask our kid, how was, how was your day? I tried, because they'll always say, fine. For our kids personally. Like, they, they're not, like, a super detailed sharer. Because... Somebody said, oh, Dr. Was it Dr. Lisa Damore? Somebody just recently posted an Instagram, like asking your kid, how was your day? And expecting a detailed response is like after 12 Zoom meetings saying, how was your day? And you're like, oh, the last thing I want to talk about is that. So maybe for yeah, you I'm and sure I, there's a better question. Yeah. So maybe for you and I, and maybe for people listening, there's like a better question. Like, how did I screw up today? No. I'm joking. No, but like I always ask the kids, what made you laugh? Like, what happened today that was really funny? Right. Um, what did you like? What did your What did your friends pack for lunch? Like, I'll I'll just and that there's like there's like little things that will spark then a different conversation. But you and I, I mean, like we're just laying it out there as people who wrote a marriage book and went through marriage counseling. We just had a doozy of a fight, and I think the biggest solve that will prevent this fight from reoccurring is we need time outside of this house with us not talking about work and not talking about our kids potentially yeah <laughs> but i don't know how I, to do that I, I think more specifically and you can say that and I mean, we did that that was kind of what it ended up with but it, i think it was started by the lack of gratitude so that was that was where this was. Remember, again, this started because I got back from a trip and I thought I thanked her 
and I didn't thank her for looking after my kids. I am insanely grateful and I really thought I did it. But now, now looking back through it, Kim made a good point. She's like, I was waiting for it. Kind of like, you know how you look for a yellow car? Like you're definitely going to see a yellow car. So I believe you. I, I, I screwed up there. And, but that, that got to us talking about our feelings because I was feeling, first of all, Kim was feeling, um, very obviously unappreciated, which she should have if I forgot to thank her. I was getting, I had the, the trifecta of the worst feelings ever, which is um, there's, there's guilt about something, which is when you regret something that you did, which was not thanking you. I felt shame because the way my brain works and because of some, shame is when you're uh, feeling something that you are. It's about something that you are, which for me, I'm a forgetful person who has to like really work at it. So obviously that played a part in me not sh like explaining my gratitude. And then you put those two together. I was just embarrassed. I was like all these three things together. And I think because of that, I, I that that's how the fight started. I lashed back at her and I said, no, no, no. I definitely did this. And it took a second to cool down and realize, oh, if it's possible that I didn't do this, let's imagine this world. And I felt all three of those things at once. And then once I told her how I was feeling, she told me how she was feeling. And then we just exchanged our feelings. Yeah. Yeah. It did come out as anger, like in, in the beginning. I was annoyed. Yeah. I mean, can we also mention that you, you said all this stuff like on the first time we were recording this yeah, podcast. So, so it felt a little bit like gotcha journalism for me. And yeah, so we had stopped. A mistake. Yeah. Was a mistake. That's in you apologized. Yes. So like, Sorry. you know, but again, so, Hey, here's our podcast. Oh my gosh, you guys, it's a journey. Well, I think that's why I brought it up when we initially, like we initially hit record because I feel very safe. And honestly, I didn't think it was going to spiral into like a crying fight. We hit stop before it got to that, but it is a safe space. And I do love when people, we get a lot of questions and those, I think those are my favorite podcasts when we just do kind of a Q and A. And that was the plan today was to do this Q&A, but appropriately, I don't know if the universe aligned, but we got some questions that I think would be appropriate to answer. Let's do it. Hey, hang in there. We're going to be right back. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. The plan for today was to do Q&A. Those are always my favorite podcasts that we do because I love your questions and we get questions on the daily and if you have them, send them. And we got some ones that I think are incredibly appropriate given how we just introduced this podcast. And this one, I can't believe we've never really sat down and unpacked and answered, but what does doing the best I can really mean? You guys, we have, we like made a song and then made t-shirts and then on the amazing race, we wore t-shirts that says I'm doing the best I can. Phil even quoted it. I mean, like we, it became kind of a mantra and a rally cry for everybody on the cast of The Amazing Race, but I don't know that we ever really unpacked it. So for you, Penn Holderness, what does I'm doing the best I can really mean? Can I start by uh, telling the Genesis story? Yes. Like every great movie has a Genesis story, right? Uh-huh. So this, we there's actually a video on this on YouTube about when my son threw up on an, on an airplane. I mean, actually it was pre-COVID, but thinking of it under the COVID lens, it's disgusting that he vomited on a plane. Right. Anyway. So I was... And it was a funny story, by the by. Yeah, this was back in the days when our kids didn't want to sleep or didn't want to sit together away from us. Yeah. Which is now what happens when we go on planes, like PC and Lola are in their own place on yeah. their devices, and then Kim and I are somewhere else. And so this was when we were two by two with the younger person. So I was sitting with, uh, with PC... And I told him a joke in the middle of the flight, and he laughed so hard, he just explosively vomited all over me. By the way, we should have given a trigger warning because there are some people that, if you even mention that act, so we'll just, yeah, we'll just stop saying that word. So okay. anyway, he got sick. He got yeah, sick. and it was everywhere. The, 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 the stuff was everywhere. And I was cleaning. First of all, I, I had to direct his uh, head toward me so it didn't get anywhere else. Cause in that situation on an airplane, you just have to make sure that it doesn't get on anyone else who's on the flight or like it, hopefully I'm not on any upholstery. And so I just directed him right toward my stomach. And then there became the issue of like what to do next. Cause there were still people on the flight. They could totally tell what was going on. And Kim was trying to pass me like diapers. I was passing him diapers. I was passing <laughs> him wipes. I was wipes, passing him like, like like spare clothes, a t-shirt. And then also uh, speaking to me, trying to help like, Hey, what do you need? Can you make sure that that goes there? Like, can you like call the flight attendant? And she was trying to be helpful, but also asked me questions. And I just like, freaked out and I just kept yeah I don't even remember this but I just kept yelling over and over again I'm doing the best I can I'm doing the best I can I'm doing the best I can I'm like I know honey you're doing great you're doing great I'm just like here take some wipes take yeah here's a t-shirt put it over your crotch that's now soaked like yeah, yeah. so anyway so that became our a funny anytime something went wrong in our house we would just start I'm doing saying, the best I can I'm doing the best I can yeah but deeper I think for me mm-hmm. So that's how the Genesis story, but I think what it came down to for me, and it's something Christopher Edmonston, who helped our little marriage coach came to us saying, listen, most people you encounter in, in, in your life are doing their very best. And if you approach life, assuming 
that they are giving you your best, the lens changes entirely. Not just for people in relationships, for people that you see on the street, just everyone, right? Yeah, we yeah. were we were going through some times we were had a hard time with your parents and I was I was feeling very not belligerent's not the word. I was feeling very like triggered. Like why aren't they doing this? And why aren't they doing this? He goes, "Listen, this is their best." at their current mental state, this is their best. And it in an instant, my insides kind of went soft. I was like, oh, this must be really hard for them. This must be really hard to, to do the thing. And so it immediately changed my lens of not, it wasn't taking it personally anymore. And once I started meeting people assuming the best, which is not really my nature, my it changed how my outlook on life so I'm, so, and then personally, I'm doing the best I can is one day I'm doing the best I can won the amazing race, right? I'm doing the best I can, kept us up late studying notes and stuff like that. But other days, and even more recently, I'm doing the best I can was, guys, I took a shower today yeah, and I got the kids to school and I fed them a dinner that I got through a drive-through and that, but guess what? I did it and high five to me. So if the world can show me grace, I am, I try to extend the same grace, which is why even in the fight we just had, I know. And I started telling the story cause like Penn bless left the freezer open last night, but I know but I know, but this is why I wasn't mad at him because I I could picture what it looked like him coming in. He played tennis. He was hungry. I left dinner on the stove, which means he also had to clean the pots they were in. He had to get it. Like I know he was doing 12 things and that's not, I did not set him up for success. <laughs> so he had to let the dog out. He had to do all these things. And when somebody with ADHD has to do 12 things, 11 of those are, are might get done, but like number 12. And so that's why like, I know you were doing your best. That's why I was not even mad. I was like, okay, it's fine. Like nothing broke, nothing froze over. No, no food got ruined. Um, and that was your best. And just like for me, there are days where I have to type tap out and say, hey, it's a high anxiety day. I know we have four meetings. I'm gonna need you to handle two of those solo so I can go on a walk or I can go for a run or I could do something like you provide me the same grace. And it's very much this, I'm doing the best I can. We assume the best out of each other. And that's why I think it's such an impossible or like an important motto in our family. What a great exercise this is. We may have accidentally discovered some new thing for therapy because I think that first of all, this should mean something different to every single person. Yeah. Because it says I twice, I'm doing the best I can. It's a lens into what is important to you and also a lens into how you view the world. Yeah. I think those are the two things. It's also a way to like find out like what your motivation is or what you want out of life. I think I heard all of those things from you. Like you want to you want to do the best you can. You now are able to look and see that the world is doing the same thing. So that is sort of the backbone of the, the tremendous empathy that you have. And you are naturally an empathetic person. 
And so I would love to hear what, what everyone, like wherever you comment on this podcast, I want to know what everyone thinks I'm doing the best I can means. For me, the two things that really stick out for me, number one is I am using this mantra more than I used to when I look at my children. Yeah. My children are not alone in the world where particularly once you get into high school or youth sports, there is a an expectation and a dream of excellence that these children have. Like they want, they want to be the best that they can too. But they're, the odds are your child is not the best basketball player <laughs> on the planet. Yeah. And your daughter or son may not be the smartest person in their class. They may not get into Harvard, both of them. It is, it, it is a percentile game that you start picking up on once your kids get to a certain age. And I don't think that's fair to the children. I think that if they have this dream and I feel like, okay, in order for you to make this dream happen, you have to be in the number one percentile, like the top, top percentile of, of every child on the planet. And this is how we're going to get there. It's much better to think, well, let's just take this and do the best we can and see what happens. Yeah. Because... By the way, I think for our kids, I'm sorry to interrupt, the pressure comes from seeing uh, their peers. Yes. Especially Lola. There's a lot of college talk. I think it's a lot of school talk or and college talk at school. We are not putting that pressure on our daughter. No. This isn't about how I feel that they should do. This is how I want them to feel about themselves. I guess that's what I mean. If we could back up and just pretend like she's in a vacuum and look at our daughter, which we should do more. My God, is she impressive? Oh, like, don't Just, not even like in a vacuum. You know, like, I mean, you yeah. know what I mean. Like, I, I want her to do this. So, like, take take a step back. She's so much more impressive than I was when I was a sophomore <sighs> in high school. But I guess when you're, no matter how impressive you are, there's always somebody more. Oh. Like, there's always there, there somebody, be somebody doing, more impressive, doing more. And I, I think for me, when it comes to looking at our kids. So somebody said to me, you know, so both of our kids are in sports and I think both of them at one point had a dream of, uh, maybe a lot of kids do. I didn't play sports. I was a dancer, but even I had aspirations of like big, being a big Broadway star as somebody who doesn't sing. Like it was unrealistic, but eventually I got to a point, you know, where I was like, oh, I'm just doing this to have fun and I'd like to try my best, but this is all it's going to be. So I think our kids are to that point now, which is glorious because they're playing sports for the best reasons. Like the the things they, like Lola's had some come from behind wins against a higher ranked player that like, and her team cheering around her. I'm like, there are some core memories that will have, like who cares if she doesn't get a D1 scholarship. But like there are parents out that look at their kids with disappointment when they don't achieve either an academic or a sports yeah. thing. And I would like to say to those parents, were were you great at what you did? Like were because yeah. I was completely mediocre. I was a good dancer. I was a good dancer, but compared to the world, compared to like the national the competition, globe, the globe, like I was in like Miss Dance of America competition. Like I represented Florida. I didn't make the top 10. I didn't. I mean, I, they had a top, they called the top 10 out to compete for the second day was not me. Like I was firmly right in the middle. Like I was a very 
I was good, but I was not going to be nationally recognized. And like, why would I expect my kids? They didn't come from lineage that came from like D1 athletes. Like, why would I expect them in turn to be amazing? I'm going to. I totally agree with you. I'm going to flip this on. I'm going to flip this a little bit really quickly. Flip the script. Well, because you just, you just talked about how I'm doing the best I can as like your channel for empathy and understanding other parents. Do you think some of those parents are acting that way? Maybe because they're doing the best they can to fulfill these incredibly fervent dreams that their children have. hundred yeah. percent. And I, we have met at these different, you know, matches and meets and um, we have met children and Lola has a friend who's like homeschooling now so she can play tennis full time. And her parents are like, are you sure you want to do that? Like they were like cautious, but this, right. th- she is so Absolutely, that's driven. what I want to do. Yeah. So yes. So that, that parent may come across as like an overbearing, all or nothing kind of parent, but really what they're doing is the best they can as well. Yeah, that's no, something you're to so think right. about. You're so um, right. So that's that's how I, I feel like, I, I don't know if I should project that on my kids, but that's what I think about when I hear that phrase. The other thing I think about is, it, it, you know, what you mentioned uh, with my shortcomings as an ADHD person. Um, I think it's our responsibility to do the best that we can. Just that. And the best you can, people are going to realize is not going to be great in some places. You're going to leave the, the freezer open. You're going to mess up at some point, but you've got to try. Yeah, you've got to you've you, got to try the best that you can. You don't, and that's you know we're putting a book proposal together for, um, and this one's focused on ADHD, and hopefully something could be co-read amongst you know younger kids who are newly diagnosed, plus you know parents and spouses who want to support adults with ADHD. So it's pretty broad, but we're putting it together now. But one of the things, as somebody who is not the diagnosed ADHD person in this relationship, is. I want to make it perfectly clear that Penn does not use this as an excuse. So like when you leave your keys in the freezer and we all, that actually hasn't happened recently, but like, and we all spend 10 minutes looking for them. You are, you are always very like, I'm so sorry. Like you don't ever say like, well, it's my ADHD. I can't help it. Like you are, you, you own the and, and you will also like we just talked and then about you this. try harder next time you try harder next time and you said this i think on last podcast like you, you had a very busy last week and you looked at me and you're like my executive functioning like capabilities are peaking something is going to get missed and i'm really sorry like i need your help and so there there are ways and so i think just being aware of what your best is but also giving yourself grace when it doesn't get to that because let's face it like some days I'm like, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to run the fastest mile I've ever run. Like I'll do a workout and I'm like, I could run forever. I feel amazing. And there are some days where I can barely walk like the dog around the block. And that's just what it is. I want to close this podcast by saying this podcast, which is about 30 minutes long, could have been longer, but today it's the best we can do because Kim needs to go to a doctor. You guys, I got wrist surgery, as you know. Kim, Maybe if you're listening, I'm getting my stitches out today. Kim's getting her stitches out, and uh, you know, the, and it was this—the injury that we believe may have been exacerbated by turning over rocks in Thessaloniki. Um, and she is, uh, she's going to go, and we're going to say thank you for listening to this. I hope you enjoyed the post game from a fight that we had. Oh my gosh. I told Penn, I was like, let me just, let's come, let's do this another time or let's go a week without a podcast. Like nobody, the, you guys don't care if we don't post a podcast, but it, it felt 
good. Thank you. I feel very, I'm not congested. I'm not sick. Although, bless Penn, he came home from Switzerland and two of his friends that he was with tested positive for COVID. So he's been in a mask for the last five days. I think I'm days. in the clear. I don't know that Switzerland is as, like, <laughs> careful. Well, he um, went look at his At least the was place really, I went to. Yeah, his friend was really sick. And so he's like, you probably have COVID. Let me go get you a test. And the, the guy at the supermarket was like, nous n'avons besoin de test COVID, which is we don't need a COVID test. And I'm like, you, very, you sound very angry when you speak in French. They always, the, my children need wine. That, that's, yeah. Um, sorry, that's from The Simpsons. I, uh, the, the south of French accent is very, ha oh. <laughs> Like the guy from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> I can't wait to go back to Switzerland. I, I, we were there for the, the only time I've been to Switzerland was on The Amazing Race. And it's not exactly a beautiful way to see the world. Like, because you're running in sheer panic. I would love to go back. I would, you know, I think our lives right now are very revolved around our kids. And um, which is fine. And that's the stage of life. But I do think like, like, I would love this just dreamy like i would love to go to switzerland with you and i we talked about this at the beginning and we're going to end with this i want to do more stuff with you as my wife i don't give a crap about the other stuff like i'll quit my job if i have to i would love to spend more time with you as my wife you're a fun wife a lot of fun and i love you and now you're crying again and i'm sorry you're a lot of fun I don't. <laughs> I know you don't feel like a lot of fun sometimes. You feel like n no one ever feels like fun all the I time. I think I'm funny. You're, you <laughs> but are. But I fun. don't think I'm fun. You're very fun. You just uh, honestly, I think you've 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 got to work with me to make some time. Yeah. To to be fun, and it's like we're just in a weird place where. Uh, you're looking at me and I don't know if you're always seeing your husband, if you're seeing your work partner or your co-parent, you know? And so yeah. we've, I think we've just got to see each other as that other person more often. I don't think we're the only people in the world who have this problem, but we certainly have set ourselves up for a unique situation where a, um, we work together. And so just getting away and making it just the two of us is tough. And B sometimes when it's just the two of us and we're trying to get away somewhere, um, C shows up and says, how are you doing? Yeah. Um, let me, uh, let what's, what's going on. So the, the anonymity is not what it used to be. And that, that is an unfortunate truth and I'm not complaining about it. It's the reason why we have this platform and have this ability to connect with the rest of the world. But I think that that lack of anonymity has not helped us in, a, in achieving social closeness. Yeah. Just the two of us. So. Yeah. I have to get my stitches out. Okay. Um, you I, guys, thanks for listening. I mean, if I'm sorry, I'm crying. I don't know. It's my, am I PMSing? Let me look at my calendar. Okay. Kim's going to check her calendar. No, I'm not. And if I'm PMSing, then. While she checks, uh, I want to thank those of you who have subscribed <laughs> to our podcast. It really helps us when you do. It really helps when you leave a review. We're not going to read a review this week because Kim's got to get out of here, but we'll read one next week. The reviews make a huge difference. Our merch store is about to open back up. We're selling new and improved t-shirts, hats, and other gear. We've gotten a look at the uh, all of the designs. They're fantastic. 
Just in time for Christmas, we have a new family game called Family Face-Off, which will be available very shortly. It is a game that you can play with your whole family for either 10 minutes or like an entire rainy day. We have a lot of stuff going on, and we thank you guys so much for supporting us for that. We'll give you much more specifics as it comes along. And uh, babe, go get them stitches out from that hot doctor. Oh my gosh, he was very attractive. I, I have to go, but if you want to tell the story. I don't know that he's a doctor. <laughs> I don't, he's, was the most, he looked like a Disney prince. I love you, babe. I'm going to give her a kiss. Um, um, I, I do have to, I, I have Kim's got to go. Okay. He came into the room and I'm like, no, that's not what, and, and there's, so there was this 30 Rock episode called The Bubble with John Hamm, where he is a doctor, but no one ever told him that he sucked at being a doctor because he was so hot. And he like was a tennis instructor and no one told him he couldn't play tennis because he was so hot and he always got every uh, restaurant reservation because he was so hot. So like I'm looking at this doctor and I'm like, I really hope, by the way, he's a great doctor. I think like the stitches look great. Her Kim's wrist is all better, but I'm sitting there thinking like, if you're, is there a level of hotness where you can just suck at everything and no one's ever going to tell you because you're so hot? Anyway, thanks for listening to the podcast. My wife is gone. I'm sitting here talking by myself. Oh, you know, while like while she's gone, I also want to like I just want to put a button on this. And I I don't care if she hears this or not. I have the best wife on the planet. And this week, me forgetting to thank her for what she did made her feel like she was worth less than she actually is. And I will be sorry for that for the rest of my life, but I married the most badass woman on the planet. Not only is she beautiful, not only is she fun and hot and all of these things that you just can probably tell by watching her on these videos, she's a really good mom. She, with pleasure, um, spent these five days where I was in Switzerland going not just like doing the the bare minimum which is what a lot of parents do like which is what i do like when kim goes on a kids trip i'm like okay kids where are we getting pizza tonight right like who wants to have a sleepover with their friends you want to go sleep over over there go ahead kim <clears throat> kim made it an effort to like go take my kids to a football game she made it an effort to get them all around town to all these places she wanted to go to and she did it with pleasure and with pride and she's just the best mom possible she gave me this trip which was a gift to me because I do need to get out and about with my buddies every once in a while. And so just a reminder to, to husbands and wives and boyfriends and girlfriends and anyone out there, when someone gives you that gift, you should probably say thank you, not once, not twice, but a million times. And that was a, one of the worst oversights I've ever had as a husband. And honey, I love you. And I'm so grateful for you. And uh, I hope you know that. Okay, I'm here by myself, and I'm going to stop talking. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? 
Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag. A watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.